Scaring is sharing. Yeah, it is. It's the place where we share our scares with each other and with you. Hello, you little maniacs. Little maniacs. There <laughs> it is. We, uh, if you don't know, this is a show where we talk about scary movies, ostensibly. Yeah. We share spooky news and frightful views on all things horror. Spooky news and frightful views. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I just came up with that. I thought it'd be, it came to me in my sleep, actually. Mm. <laughs> things do that sometimes. They come some to of the, me. That's some of the best stuff. <laughs> and who are you? I am Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. Oh, and who are God. you? I am Brandy Joe, the flaming Scream Queen Plambeck. Hello. And we're the big maniacs. And we're, <laughs> we're, are you calling me fat? No, they're little. <laughs> we're, we're we are we are in charge. Uh, <laughs> they're like our children. We're like the parents. It's okay. I like being chubby. Yeah, okay. Well, then there you go. <laughs> I was gonna say we're like the Papa Maniacs. Oh, Papa Maniacs. Jeremy, it's so good to see you. It's good to see you. Oh my god! So the there's Zoom. like horror news up the waz oh my god it's going crazy i have so much to talk about well not so much but i have like a little little rabbit hole i went down online trying to scare up (laughs) some information (laughs) okay jeremy so tell me tell me some some news tell me something you're really excited about let's do some news okay as much as I want to be like guarded with my expectations, I'm now starting to get super excited for Halloween ends. Like I just want to see this oh. damn thing or get some more information because this is the news I was chasing uh, the other day online, which is there are rumors proliferating that they just did a test screening of Halloween ends. Well, a couple of tests. Screen- okay. First off, the news I had heard is they had a test screening of Halloween ends and it got a standing ovation from the audience that watched it. What? Yeah. So I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this for real? I can't really find anything that corroborates that there's so much chatter on Reddit, Reddit and, you know, message boards and stuff. It's hard to tell who's being legit, who actually knows something, you know, it, it's hard to suss out what's for real. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, but somebody else elaborated and said, actually they, they did like apparently what they did with the prior Halloween movies, which is they had sort of a, somebody called it a bake off where they would have multiple cuts of the movie test screening to different audiences. Mm. And the story going around online is that one had a super positive reaction and the other one people were kind of met about. So uh, hopefully they go with the one, the cut with the really, because apparently it all lands on different endings. All of these have like alternate endings or whole totally different ending sequences. So how fun to be a part of one of those audiences. Oh, absolutely. I wish I could be. Now, somebody else online did say they're like, now don't, Everybody in the larger world, you know, test screenings are very specific, you know, selected audiences usually, and it, they may not represent wider tastes. Sure. Uh, we'll say because they're like, uh, somebody brought up that Halloween 2018 actually tested really poorly in test screenings. Hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's a good one. That's like yeah. probably one of the best ones in the series. Uh, and Halloween Kills tested really well in test wow. screenings. So, and we all know how that turned out it got sure a, do 
mediocre at best response from the mm-hmm. larger world. So yeah, it's so take that with a grain of salt, but um, I am kind of excited to see what they're doing with it. It sounds like a, yet another change in tone and what they're trying to do with it. I guess Universal officially released the premise because uh, I happened to stumble across that on Wikipedia where I was like, oh, whoa. So it, it's got some stuff in there that I'm like, oh, that, if that's the direction they're going, that could be interesting. So, well, I don't want to know. Oh, yeah. I, I assume I'm going to be even know, so. more in the dark than ever before. Yep. I uh, I will let you stay in the dark there. But that's what <laughs> I was chasing around was like any information on Halloween ends, what's happening. Uh you know, any, any inkling, has anybody seen anything to let us know? Is it good or not? That's what I want to know. So, well, the big thing that I wanted to talk about was that the place to be apparently in September is on Amazon prime, which I only spend time on there to watch like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's like really the only thing I think I watch on there. Mm -hmm. And, but my best friend's exorcism, which Grady Hendrix fucking love that book the film is supposed to come out on September 30th on Amazon Prime and awesome. September 16th, Good Night Mommy, the remake with Naomi Watts is supposed to premiere. Whoa. I honestly didn't even know that was a thing. I, I didn't know I they, they remade were, it. I, I thought I had heard rumblings, but apparently it's done and it's coming. It, it's coming real soon. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> really yeah, the, cool. The little boys from uh, Big Little Lies, there's twins that are mm. play a character on that are the the twins here. So I'm glad they're using actually twins as opposed to like one person parent trapped. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. And Naomi Watts, love her. So I'm definitely intrigued. Very cool. Yeah. And I also have to say that um, I, I have a very public... Uh, d- disdain for Tubi based on what it is, but I've spent a couple hours on Tubi this week. Whoa! <laughs> I still fucking hate it. I would pay money uh-huh. to not have the commercials, but I guess their whole spiel is, you never have to pay on Tubi. Yeah. That's not their song, but that's essentially what it is. Yes, yeah, it is to be totally free. So the first thing I watched was there was, like, I was looking for something, and like on my search on my smart TV, it was like the 50 horror movies you've not seen and it's like you know some crappy thing from bravo back in the day or something it's like not great with talking heads of people that you don't really know Uh and so i i started watching that and the very first thing was like uh like a one commercial started it all off and it was about pub like um normalizing the word pubic it was the most bizarre thing ever it had a song it was all about how we should be able to say the word pubic. <laughs> weird. It was so weird. And I'm like, oh, is this what Tubi's about? Because I'm here for it. Like, yeah. I, I'm enjoying this. I am living for the pubic song. Yeah, my uh, my experiences on Tubi have just been your run of the mill. Like, they're like Cialis commercial or whatever, no. like that kind of shit. So. Well, I'm not done. So <laughs> about 15 minutes into watching this really bad documentary, whatever you call it, list. Mm-hmm series then i get the like two minutes of boring commercials and that's what kills me i watch i think i watched like about 30 minutes i'm like and then last night i started to watch the willies because i couldn't find it anywhere else it was on youtube but i was like i'll try to be and i started watching that which was actually a lot of fun um not great but it felt like in response to the monster squad is kind of what it felt like i don't know if that is the case yeah it's from that like time and place where they kept trying to make like 
horror movies that were legitimately scary, but they were geared for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why that was an obsession in like the late 80s kind of spilled into the early 90s i think i remember the willies i'm pretty sure that was a video i used to rent as a kid um but i only have the vaguest memories of it and i've always wanted to sit down and give it a dedicated rewatch. yeah so far it's fun i sort of got tired and turned it off but mm-hmm. yeah um so we have some teragrams let's get to them yeah teragram time do you want me to start it off yeah kick it us off okay so our first one goes hey guys listen to episode 90 and i could write a novel sized dm but i'll try to be succinct cool guy sunglasses emoji <laughs> first in my opinion ethan is one of the best guests you've had What a seamless pairing. The personality, the insight, the chemistry. It was all there. You must invite him back. Great episode. That's uh, By the way, this is from Teacher Drew. I don't think I said that in the beginning. Teacher Drew. It's from Teacher Drew. So, Ethan, good job. About Nope. I saw it a second time, and as I suspected, a rewatching really helped. In my experience, every one of Jordan Peele's movies benefits from a rewatch. There's simply so much going on, it is hard to catch and appreciate it all. I gained a much deeper appreciation for Nope, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts when you see it again. A few things in your last episode made me curious to hear episode 60 again. I was reminded why I listen to you guys. Your podcasts feel like home. It's Aww. that it's that comfortable hoodie. It's that squirmy puppy. It's finding your tribe. <laughs> you have to know how therapeutic your podcast can be. When life throws everything at you, your podcast is there as an oasis in the midst of the chaos. Last year was super tough. You guys helped me through it. Thank you for that. You are making a difference. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you. Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Oh my God, Teacher I almost, Drew. I was going to tear up a little bit, Teacher oh Drew. Oh my that's, God. That's incredibly... Uh, we're a blanket and a puppy. That's great. I'm glad we can be there for you just from, you know, having conversation about oh my god. Yeah. What Teacher some would Drew's... argue silly movies, but here we are and we're doing yeah. it. So Teacher Drew is awesome. And episode 60 that he referred to yeah, is what the is episode that? with him. Oh, okay. Very that cool. Is yeah. our shutter episode, which yeah. was fantastic. And Teacher Drew, it was such a delight to have you. Yeah, and absolutely. Yes, Ethan was great too. We've had just the most fantastic guests. Yeah, we have we just have some great people in the orbit of the show now that uh, we do. Yeah. Well, probably at some point uh, we'll cycle back. Everyone will be back at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> so once we keep going in another two years. We'll have a multiverse, an episode with all of them on. Oh my God. That would be crazy <laughs> if we set up like a like a Zoom watch party or something like that, like a live uh, somehow of like a yes. movie or something and just had a bunch of the, the fiends of the podcast, if you yes, will. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm curious about Nope. I, I, I keep forgetting to like watch and read things. A friend of the podcast, Nico, sent me something and I just remember just now and I didn't get to reading it. Mm-hmm. I did watch one video yesterday sort of on what upset fans the most. And I didn't, I could never figure out if it was like upset, like angered or upset, like, like disturbed. It was sort of both. Mm, so but there were some sort of interesting things i guess i don't know yeah yeah i i i'm I'm gonna wait i'm sure by by halloween times uh i'm sure the the nope will be out in uh you know uh streaming and home home distribution if you will out of the theater so i'll probably revisit it at some point oh yeah closer to halloween again and see how uh see how i feel on the rewatch 
All right. Well, we have one more uh, teragram from front of the podcast, Tess, mm. who is a fucking survivor. I got to say she's yes, amazing. She is. And she's so she cool. Is strong and fucking inspires the shit out of me. So Tess writes, hi, my most favorite scare sharers. When I saw the pic of you four lovelies, I guessed with total confidence that was Bert heading to Nope. I couldn't wait to hear your thoughts on what has been my most highly anticipated movie of the year. But I had to wait until I saw it with my own eyes before I could listen. Admittedly, I was sad that y'all were not enthralled and as wowed as I was. I loved it. Where Jeremy felt trepidation seeing it was written, directed, and produced by Jordan Peele, I was excited. Where y'all felt it didn't quite add up in storyline, I was totally satisfied. I certainly do not seek to change your minds. I do think that maybe I was just so drawn into the story, I didn't have time to step back and say, wait, what? I was all in. Just my take, I think that the flag bunting pissed it off because it struck with the monster and was not easily expelled, like gave him indigestion so he would want to avoid it again, or it made him angry. Uh, I was totally obsessed and terrified by the news story of Travis the Chimpanzee attacking, maiming Charlotte Nash in 2009. So, of course, the subplot of Gordy attacking the human co-stars on a TV set was compelling and scary. And then when the girl from the show, who somehow survived, made an appearance at Joop's Starlight Lasso Experience, she was wearing a hat and veil that were 100% inspired by and reminiscent of Charlotte Nash and her look during her Oprah interview and before her face transplant. And I just adored that. It made me think that Jordan Peele was as equally haunted by the story. Also, there is a play inspired by Travis the Chimpanzee called Trevor, and I've always wanted to see it. Anyway, too long, didn't read. <laughs> I loved it and classically do not like alien type movies. This was an exception, an exceptional romp, and I cannot wait for whatever Jordan Peele brings us next. Thanks. Love to you both. Thanks for the scares. Well, there you have it. So there you have more nope. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope. I mean, I'm going to revisit people and I'm sure I'll have <laughs> revised thoughts. So don't worry. Um, for, the couple of things in there, though, I also was incredibly haunted uh, by the story of uh, Travis the Chimp. Yeah. Um, it, but it makes me very and I ended up revisiting it. Of course, I went online and started reading everything about it all over again. I am particularly fond of great apes, uh, you know, chimps and orangutans and gorillas. Those are I'm just endlessly fascinated by the great apes and stories like that just depress me so much because it's such a tragic story for that that chimpanzee that should have been not in the situation he grew up in he should have been in the jungle where he belongs but that's a, that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> to get into uh and uh and as far as oh i lost my train of thought there what'd she say at the end oh alien stuff of course i am obsessed with alien stuff and that's one thing nope did do to me is i'm way back into ufo anything again i'm listening to podcasts and reading again about <laughs> ufo sightings and encounters so it did reinvigorate uh, i'm watching the skies still so it reinvigorated my interest in that topic so i'll give it that yeah it definitely is a, a divisive sort of film <clears throat> people have very different views on it so Mm -hmm. But I believe I said this during our episode. 
it definitely is a lot better than so much out there in the horror world. So yes, yeah, you no, know, it is definitely a highlight, uh, especially for something of that budget uh, to be, you know, so uh, singularly the vision of Jordan Peele. Because I mean. As much as uh, I, I might get, you know, people might come at me for this, but this is why I've kind of lost interest in the Marvel movies, like all together at this point, because all of them could have been directed by the same person. None of them, you know, they get all these known personality directors to do them. Oh, it's a big deal that we got Sam Raimi or whatever. And then you watch the movie and there's like none of his, there's a couple instances, but there's none of his, you know, style apparent because it's Marvel. They're cranking out a product that's supposed to be the same every fucking time. So it does not matter who directs them. So that's kind of made me like, eh, I don't care any of these directors they announce because it's, it's all Disney. Disney directed all of these movies. So, <laughs> so yes, I do like to see something big budget, but with the actual, you know, the outdoor vision, if you will, of the actual man behind it or the person behind it. So and as much as I was not as big of fans of Us or Nope, I don't feel like Jordan Peele at all has the M. Night Shyamalan, like, you know, method where his first thing was great and everything else has been yeah. not so hot. Although I yeah. did like Unbreakable, which was his follow-up, right? Yeah, yeah. Sixth Sense and Unbreakable to me are like real good movies. And then it's like Signs was okay. And then from there, I feel like it's a downhill slide, oh. a rapid downhill slide. Interesting, though, that Signs was his third film. Yes. And that was alien-ish based. Which... It was, right? What What's going to happen to Jordan Peele? <laughs> what was um the, the, the fourth film? And you know what? He needs to do a straight up ghost story. That's what he needs to do. Yeah. I'm going to say. That's, That's Jordan Peele. I know you listen to us. I know we are like number two podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so do a ghost story. <laughs> and I would like another I, I i want another candy man like i want a continuation of the, mm. the the new candy man that he produced but for him to direct it interesting i think okay. that would be cool because mm-hmm. i would love uh like I, what i really wanted is nia DaCosta to do a sequel uh and continue you know bring back a slasher bring back a legacy slasher franchise and turn it into something cool again uh but she got scooped up by marvel exactly what i was talking about so she's gonna be doing a marvel movie coming up and it's like okay bye bye you've gone off into (laughs) you got scooped up into disney big time budget land and so that's why i'm like rest on jordan peele continue candy man come on now did you hear i feel and I just wrote down Evil Dead Rises, but I think I've heard that it's really good. And That's again, what I'm like hearing too. Yeah, right? I, like heard, I heard, I heard, heard chatter. Things. Yeah, I heard some chatter that the test screenings went well. Uh, and Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, of course, being you know producers on the thing, have been talking it up, saying it's gonna it's gonna blow people's minds. So, and it's this fall is when it's supposed to happen. Yeah, it's where, supposed to be out where, soon. I know I went and watch it, but where's the trailer? I, I don't know. And the other bit of horror news that I was excited about is Anne Dowd is going to be in the Exorcist trilogy, or at least in the first one. And yeah. I love her. My husband loves her too. So that was something I, I was just recently thinking about too is um, uh, the Exorcist as a franchise, uh, which I think is kind of, you know, underrated a little bit. Everybody, you know, talks about the first movie, of course, and the sequels are of varying quality. Uh, but uh, people keep screaming for, you know, Scream Factory. They did their awesome uh, 
Friday the 13th box set. They did a Halloween box set at one time. Uh, and that's one I'd like to see is like, they should do an exorcist. Somebody should put out an exorcist, uh, like Blu-ray collection of the entire franchise at this point. Uh, I think that could be cool. There was yeah. one, apparently there was one and it's way out of print. It came out like years and years ago and doesn't, you know, you can't get it anymore. <laughs> It's, it's a collector's item now but it's like somebody should do an updated one with better better remastering and cooler special features so that's just my thought now i can't recall have you seen both of the versions of dominion whatever yeah no i only saw exorcist the beginning which was the one that did get th theatrically released that's the only version i've seen i have not watched dominion prequel to the exorcist which is the original like artsy version they did before they scrapped it and reshot it and they made it very much more like the exorcist right when it came back like there was someone who was possessed and whose face yeah. kind of looked similar to Reagan. Yeah they, they, and... yeah they essentially just did a tried to do a beat for, they were like nah people are going to want to see essentially just a remake of the first movie so that's what they did with the one that got released well that's a bummer i'm yeah incredibly interested to see what happens with the new trilogy and i even though they haven't made mention of it i really hope linda blair is in it yeah come on bring her back yeah please i don't i don't think she's been in there since what two because she did the exorcist and then she did the exorcist two and i think that was it i don't think and then repossessed been... yeah and then repossessed making fun of the exorcist which i wanted you know... to re-watch repossessed i Me too. can't imagine it's good but i'm is very it fun? worried i'm very worried to rewatch it because the last time i saw it i was like 12 uh <laughs> yeah and was like very much obsessed with leslie nielsen so it spoke to me god it's just such an odd thing yeah yep now did you watch anything this week the one i mean i feel like i've seen a lot of watched a lot of stuff but the one thing i wanted to make mention of because it ties back into our many episodes ago and i think we've done it a couple of times we've talked about you know the most fucked up movies, I guess, what you want to, you know, what people would call some of the most strange, disturbing films. You know, we've touched on uh, uh, Clockwork Orange and Caligula and a Serbian film, which we even covered in an episode, of course. Um, but I had one more to throw in there that didn't come up in those conversations in the past. Oh, Salo, that was another movie we've talked oh, about sure. uh, multiple times. Yeah. Uh, but I had one more that we did not talk about that is legendary for its disturbing, gross-out qualities. Do tell. Uh, which I had never seen before until recently. I know oh. I, it's like people might be shocked. I had never actually watched it. Wait, John, Vomit Doll Girls? No, it's <laughs> jo John Waters' Pink Flamingos. Oh, you've never seen it? I had never watched Pink Flamingos. I had a buddy in college that loved it. It was like one of his favorite movies. And for some reason, we just never, he always was like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And it just never happened. And then that movie, I feel like the world just stopped talking about it. I feel like it was a movie that was much more famous as a cult midnight, whatever movie. And then like, why did the world just never talk about that one again? And we missed out talking about John Waters in the past on disturbing movies or gross movies or whatever you want to call them. Um, but yeah, uh, Pink Flamingo's Criterion Collection of all places, put out nice. a Blu-ray remaster that was done by, get this, the National Film Registry. So this thing is in the Library of Congress, Pink Flamingos. <laughs> I wish John Waters would do a straight-up horror film. I feel like Serial Mom is as close as he came, and you've seen that, right? Yeah, long time ago. But oh, yeah, that's God, I love that movie. That's the closest, I would say. Like, Pink Flamingos has 
traces of uh like i get a watching it i was like i really get you know toby hooper the original texas chainsaw massacre vibe in like the quality of this movie just being a bunch of weirdo freaked out hippie type people that went and made their own movie because that's you know exactly how texas chainsaw happened uh but yeah pink flamingos it it has elements of that with the subject matter but of course it's played for john waters's utterly twisted sense of humor instead of actually trying to be scary or anything but now is that the one with the singing butthole yes okay Yep. Which is the, which is a scene that I'm surprised not everybody talks. That's not even the scene people talk about in that movie. <laughs> um, but I was like, whoa, when it happened. Um, yeah, of course, the famous is the end when Divine eats dog shit. Yeah, that everyone talks about. But there's there's other stuff in there that I think is way wilder. So now did I ever tell you that I did a play with Mink Stoll? No. Yes. We Very I did cool. a play called Sleeping with Straight Men mm-hmm. out in San Diego with my husband, um, with our the porn star plays that we used to tour with. Mm-hmm. And she played sort of like a Jenny Jones type character. It was about that murder that happened here in Michigan, where the the gay guy brought his friend on the show and told him he was in love with him, and then that guy killed him later. Yeah, okay. Uh, in, yep. I think in Plymouth, I want to yes. say, or Pon- Plymouth, I think. I remember that. So it was about that. And I played this like drag queen and she was like the Jenny Jones type character. And yeah, and the show the show was like held uh, liable for yes, that because yes. they said you were responsible for this. Yeah. So it was it was a decent little play. Uh, Ming Stoll was so interesting. We hung out because we all stayed in this hotel in San Diego and we would watch. Uh, Joe and I remember it differently, but I think I've. I remember us watching like Blind Date and like Friends. And I feel like he has another show that he remembers very vividly. Mm-hmm. But she loved me and Joe. Like we would hang out all the time because she didn't like some of the other people in the cast. So she oh, would like wow. cling to us. And she was so funny on stage. She would like look at you in your forehead. She wouldn't like look you in the eyes when she oh. would like talk to you. It was the most bizarre thing. But we always felt very cool that like Mink still liked us the best. <laughs> I would be like, you know, honored by that yeah. too you know uh mink stole that's awesome Yeah, but that was like almost 20 years ago which is fucking insane but yeah i it was uh definitely a cool thing and when she, i remember she would talk about at the time about like what a mess natasha leone was when they did like but i'm a cheerleader um oh. and things like that but i'm glad natasha leone has come around and yep. has you know stepped out of the darkness a little bit Mm-hmm. And is you know thriving. I would I would dare say I would say she is thriving. Yeah, she's doing pretty well these days. Um, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, and again, uh, pink flamingo connection there. Uh, John Waters continues to be a. I, I mean, I, I feel like a more present personality than he has been in a long time. I keep seeing talking tours and uh, hosting appearances for him all over the place. So yeah. He's, I mean, if you don't love his movies, I feel like you kind of at least have to respect them. Respect the, I want to say audacity, but not like, ugh, the audacity. More like, ooh, the audacity. Like, just like what he did is so impressive. I think it's incredible that era of outsider art, if you will. Totally independent filmmaking. Absolutely independent filmmaking. Uh, I was even reading online that apparently at some point, he was planning to make a sequel to Pink Flamingos, uh, which was called, what, Flamingos Forever, I think. Uh, wrote the script. Uh, Troma was on board to produce it. 
Oh, which would have been an amazing pairing. I think John yeah. Waters with Troma, uh, but Divine refused to do it. Oh, because at that time, uh, Divine was uh, uh, he uh, and his actual name escapes me was trying to push into a serious film career you know not not as the divine character but as himself doing like some dramatic roles and serious roles at that time so it didn't come to be oh so ronnie larson who wrote sleeping with straight men that i just talked about also has a play called two dead clowns that's about divine and john wayne gacy and we did a reading a few years ago with joe and because ronnie i think played i think that the same person is supposed to play both parts. And I feel like the play has been like rewritten and I think it's just about John Wayne Gacy now. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's there. It was an interesting play, like talking about the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, a weird connect. What was the con- connection? I don't remember. Yeah. Just that they're both clowns in like their own way. I yeah. I honestly, if it was at least a decade ago and I don't really recall. Glenn, uh, Glenn, Glenn Milstead is thank you. Divine's uh, real, real name, if you will, I guess, okay. or non, non-drag queen persona, Glenn, uh-huh, uh-huh. Glenn Milstead. Uh, but yeah, he had, he had, and of course he tragically died far too young. So far too young. Yeah. And Divine is incredible. That's like uh, the best, the yeah. best part of Pink Flamingos is just Divine steals the show. So yeah. And it's like all about like being like the queen of filth, right? Yes, the queen of filth in a movie with a singing butthole. Somehow, divine <laughs> is still still upstages everything. So, and the egg lady is that a thing in that movie? The chicken yes. lady? Yeah, one of those is. things. Yeah, another John Waters regular. Her name's escaping yep. me too. Yeah, she's funny as shit. Yeah, that that's just a twisted, demented movie. That I don't know. It, it, if you haven't seen Pink Flamingos, read about it first, because I feel like plenty of people just it's not going to be your thing. So yeah. read about it first and then decide, do I have to see this movie? <laughs> so there you go. Uh, the only thing I watched this week outside of the Willies and that stupid compilation movie was I rewatched In Search of Darkness Part 1. I just had a hankering. Oh, cool. And like... It's just such comfort food. I just like dove into that. It is just so good. And I can't wait to rewatch part two. And I wanted to mention too, the, um, the Bravo thing you watch, what is it? You said it was like the 50 horror movies you've never seen or or need to see. Okay. Or or no, that that you haven't seen. Okay. I know that it was Bravo did a thing. And I think it was part of my development as a horror fan because I was in high school and they had like a multi-part a TV special that was the hundred scariest movie moments. Yeah. And that was awesome. That was, I mean, it was, you know, talking heads talking about the movies, but they had like top notch movies in there. So that exposed me to a bunch of stuff I'd never heard of before. I remember that was my first exposure to don't look now mm-hmm. uh, was in that special where I was like, I have to watch this movie. And then, so then it, it ruins the big moment. It does. But in content, I mean, the movie's still so good that watching the whole thing, I was like, this is incredible. But that big moment, I don't think the big moment is ever not shocking. Every time I watch it, it's still like, what? <laughs> so weird. Yeah, that's my biggest um, gripe with some of the like uh, Watch Mojo horror top 10 sort of videos mm-hmm. um, that they put out is so many times as they come to each individual one, like if it's the top 10, they'll say number 10 and they'll say 
Like if it's like the most shocking moments of 2022 or something like that, like in horror movies, they'll say what the shocking moment is and then underneath be like freaky or whatever. And I'm like, well, now, even though I'm going to skip past that segment, you've told me the twist or the shock. I feel like it should just say freaky. And then if you're like, oh, I want to watch freaky. So I'm not I'm going to skip over this. I won't know that the twist is whatever, 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 Mm because I sort of had um Oh my God! Why is it escaping me? Our like our, our favorite, the James Wan movie. Oh, uh, *Malignant*. *Malignant*. I had like *Malignant* ruined for me. Yeah. I mean, not that it's like a. It is a twist. It's like if you put, we're paying attention throughout it. It's not like the biggest twist, but still, like I, I had that like ruined for me. Like what the twist was, and I was like, I, Ugh. I have had a similar vein. I'm, of course, totally hooked into the final season of Better Call Saul that's happening right now. Uh, and I feel like, and I don't watch it live. I have AMC Plus uh, on my Amazon, so I watch it whenever it goes up on there, like the next day. But you go on the internet and so many like entertainment sites run headlines where like, can you believe blank died or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, in the episode. So I'm like, okay, great. I already know what happens in this episode because they immediately run headlines that like spoil it. So I'm like, I don't know what it is with this, this, this era. And you know how I am about spoilers. I, I know like them. It, it's a nightmare, but luckily the show is good enough that, you know, watching the episodes is uh, satisfying, but I hate, I hate that. Stop ruining things. Internet. No, like, like put that little, like, and I mean, granted, these like watch mojo things definitely say like warning, spoilers ahead. But like, you know, I feel like as I the 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 title header for each one of them shouldn't spoil it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like they do the thing like major character uh, and then they'll put like redacted or something like that where they won't say the name got killed. But in a lot of shows, it's easy through context to be like, well, I know who they're talking about because, sure. you know, however, the last episode left off or what are saying a major, you know, there's not that many main characters. So it's easy to guess who doesn't make it sort of thing. So. All right, Jeremy. Well, I feel like we've babbled enough. Let's yeah, get to our movie, shall we? Yeah. Which, uh, as you know, from clicking on this episode is Prey. Prey. It is from 2022. It came out today at 12 am which is when i watched it and the uh summary from imdb which is the better one this week the origin story of the predator and the world of the comanche nation 300 years ago naru i believe that's how you pronounce it i can't remember a skilled female warrior fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on earth Cool. What did you uh, think of this flack? Well, first, I was going to say props to you. I tried to watch this when it went live at midnight last night, this morning, whatever. Uh, but I like started falling asleep immediately. So I was well, like, to Can't. be fair, I took a nap before. Like okay, around there 8 you o'clock, go. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to get up and watch this, I'm a little tired now. Like that's not going to happen. So I took a nap till like 11, woke up, watched Big Brother, and then I hopped into that. <laughs> so and that's I, how I did it. There you go. I, uh, <laughs> I woke up just a little earlier than I normally would. Uh, on a Friday morning and got it in. So I just finished yeah. it before we started this episode. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Overall, like what a what a cool concept to reinvigorate mm. an older franchise like this. Like this gives me tons of uh compared to the prior Predator movie, which I thought was horrible. 
um, this is like, yes, 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 yes. This is how I feel like this is a series that benefits from, I mean, they've already kind of been an anthology, uh, if you will, in that every Predator movie has been like a separate story from the one before, except in the past, I feel like a lot of the sequels have been beholden to like this idea that they have to build out the lore of the predator of the monsters the aliens themselves so they're always trying to tie back to the one before we're like well the one in the prior movie behaved that way because their society is and they get too caught up in trying to explain the creatures which okay. is not not interesting to me i want them to just do what this one did much like the original movie which is show up be scary and threatening and do its thing and you don't need to know anything other than it wants to kill humans so yeah, I felt this was everything I wanted the original to be. Because mm. as you know, I thought the original was fine. I did not love it. Mm-hmm. But I would venture to say I loved this movie. I thought awesome. it was so fucking good. I love a strong female. I love that she had to sort of struggle for everything. Because especially back in, you know, whenever 17, 19, mm-hmm. like people were like, you're a fucking woman. Like you cannot yeah. hunt. You cook. Uh And she was like, no, I'm going to hunt. And so she had to work so hard because she wasn't given the opportunity to just like go out and actually do it with everybody else. So she had to do it on her own. So I, A, love an underdog story. B, love a kick-ass female story. And just thought that she was so good. Amber Mid-Thunder is who played that role, Naru. Mm -hmm. And I thought she was fucking great. I also loved her brother. Yeah. is his name. He was so good. Mm -hmm. And I just thought the... The CGI is a little meh, but like, what are you going to do? You have a bear attacking people and a bear getting killed. Like, of course you have to use CGI. I didn't love that. That's like my, my biggest nitpick is the CGI. Yeah. And I still think it was pretty solid for a movie that they didn't even budget for a theatrical release. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure part of that was like, well, we only have this much money allocated for the CGI because they're not this was like a smaller budget compared to predator movies before it, which I am shocked. Why is this not in theaters? I feel like this would be, this would be a hit in theaters, but I think this was totally one of those, Oh, well, predator has been diminishing returns. So we don't really have faith in the franchise. And this is such a departure. I bet that's what they were doing. Let's play it safe and put it on streaming. Um, But yeah, this should be in theaters. I think this would make some money. And I didn't notice until like, cause I just was like, oh, it's, it's live. Cause I was just worried it wasn't going to be for some reason, yeah. even though I'd like planned on that, but it was, but when it finished, I saw that there's a Comanche dub. So you can watch it with them speaking in Comanche, which yeah, is I so ju- cool. I just read that online too. And I'm like, I might re- watch it again and do it with the Comanche uh, yeah. dub and subtitle just to get that, that feel. I love that. Yeah. That's super uh, but cool. Who is the true star of this film? The dog, obviously. Yes, the dog. Oh my god, that fucking dog was so great. What a oh my god. It yeah. just, I, I always want a dog, but now I really, really want a dog. It's a, that's a, that was a serious good boy in that movie. Like <laughs> that dog kicked ass. And there was definitely um I felt a very strong homage to never ending story, whether it was intended or not. Mm-hmm. There definitely was a vibe there. Okay, so one thing I did not get, and this is not spoilery, but there is there's specific moments where they're like in like a burned forest or a forest that's burning. There's like ash and stuff. But did we ever see it burning? I, I guess no. I missed that. No, I don't know. And I started to wonder, I'm like, was that from the spaceship like landing? Uh, possibly oh. from the Predator's uh, 
you know, entry uh, through the atmosphere was that what happened? Because she saw the fire uh, in the sky the one morning, uh-huh. which was the, the ship entering our atmosphere. So I wonder if that's from that. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't figure that out, but I loved that. I just thought there were, I, I think as some, I've seen some reviews call it some set pieces that I just thought were so fucking great. Yeah, a lot of the, pretty much virtually all of the action scenes were just amazing. Yeah. So I read this interesting review on Letterboxd from someone named Jacob Knight and Knight, like a knight in shining armor, who said um, that the evolution of Predator went from Predator versus Commando, transformed into Predator versus Lethal Weapon before Predator Battle Royale, and now it's Predator versus Native Warrior. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it does not make me want to see part two. A part two is Predator versus Lethal Weapon. That does not sound exciting to me. Yeah, that that was the one where uh, uh, Danny Glover is the uh, the hero of it. I think Predator 2 is better than people give it credit for. It's not an amazing movie, but it's a fun, I would say it's a fun time waster for like a Saturday afternoon with nothing okay. to do uh but it yeah it's it's and then predators was the next one that's the battle royale one he's talking about that one had an interesting concept and again they kind of leaned after the first one they kind of leaned into a schlockier vibe for a while which i i don't you know you can do something cool and serious look at this um and i thought it was fascinating too that apparently dan trachtenberg uh of 10 cloverfield yes. lane fame uh he developed this and wanted this movie to be marketed as like some sort of period piece without any reveal that it was a predator uh, movie, which would have been incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, except, you know, the media news is too quick to pick things apart. And they figured out, they sniffed out that it was a predator movie really like early in its development. So that got ruined. So there was but no yeah. point in hiding it. Like you said, this is a way to invigorate a franchise that, maybe is like a little has lost mm-hmm. some of its wind or yeah, whatever absolutely and like do something totally different get a great director mm-hmm. and fucking rock it out because i just found like i was like fuck yeah is how i felt like the whole movie pretty much <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was awesome uh and the, the creature itself the predator itself that's such an awesome way to reimagine like an already well-known, you know, in pop culture, like monster, like the design was different, but similar enough that you're like, it's a predator, but it has its own vibe that's separate from the predators that came before, which tended to just kind of be like a rehash of exactly the first movie's creature. And this one was enough of a departure that you're like, oh, they did some new shit with it to give it its own identity. Okay. But it's uh, but it's still distinctly like, oh, that's a predator. So I thought that was cool. But more than one summary that I've read has described it as like the first predator or the first time predator came to Earth. And it's like, who's to say? That's what I'm saying. Like, who's to say? Also, it's a different <laughs> creature from like they're a whole species. Like every yeah. movie had a different predator in it because this is what they do is apparently they come to hurt Earth and that's their big game hunting grounds. And I'm cool with that concept. Keep uh, keep playing with it. Yeah, but it's like they heard what I said about the original Predator and went out and made this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. Because exactly. I hated that the, the the female, you know, co-star and that had jack shit to do. Yep. I mean, she sort of kind of told them, like, here's kind of what's going on. They wouldn't have fully been able to grasp it had it not been for her. But she didn't get to do any butt kicking. Yeah. And here she got to do all the butt kicking. 
mm-hmm. which was great. And there were just some great kills. There were some amazing sequences, like more than one great sequence, which in the original, I can think of two, the end. And then there's one other sort of hunt that I yeah. found very captivating here. I think there's at least four really great, really cool sequences. sequences. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, spoilers, guys, a little bit of a spoiler. Right, yeah, let's, for okay, scene. So if you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. That's the amazing thing. You can watch it whether you're paying for Hulu or not. You yeah. can have those stupid commercials in there, but go watch it. Come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Yes. I loved the scene with the French fur trappers when the three of them all fire their muskets like at once and it does, you know, the predator deflects the, the bullets. Yes. But then they have, they're like, oh shit, now we have to reload because yes. guns back yes. then were just single <laughs> shot and then you had to spend like five to 10 minutes reloading the gun. Uh, and so, yeah, then it just kills them. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious to see yeah. the different technology uh, of this era. I definitely chuckled, chuckled a few times, even though I wouldn't consider it like a horror comedy, but it had some humor, which was great. Absolutely. Especially in those, some of those action scenes verged on kind of a slapstick. Mm -hmm. Especially (laughs) uh, with those fur trappers. Yeah. Especially with the fur trappers. There's a lot of cool stuff in that entire uh, sequence. And I found it interesting. I, 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 I don't, know if it was meant to be but when she gets stuck in the mud and comes out it felt like an homage to the original when he's covered in mud like it felt very much like that i read dan trackenberg did say that he didn't intend to do as much homage to the original but he was like i'm such a fan of the movie i just think it's baked into like my psyche so Mm -hmm. i ended up putting in a lot of stuff that turned out to be like oh wait yep that's in tribute to the original movie so her brother even says the line if it bleeds we can kill it so Uh Mm-hmm. that arnold says in the og so i didn't remember that yep i did also really like when she sort of captured that one fur trapper towards the end and she it's she's seemingly talking to him and you're like what are you why are you saying this to him but then you like realize yes that it's to the Lure predator in. that's Lure the bait the predator. Yeah. Yep. yeah yep and it shows up and the shit just gets wild yeah i thought it was cool too i was reading how they wanted to since they were taking us back like 300 years uh, you know and people didn't have like full-on you know machine guns and stuff like that with like limitless ammo supplies so they decided to tool back the predators like gear as well so it didn't have its laser cannon that could just you know vaporize people instantly so he wanted to uh, apparently give it some more hand-to-hand type weapons, a little less armor. I liked the addition of that cool, like, dart gun that it had mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, uh, laser guided uh, from the sights on his helmet, where it's like, oh, that's how that works. The arrow will eventually home into whatever he was targeting. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't fully understand the end and how she was able to kill it. I didn't fully get that trap. Mm-hmm. So I need to rewatch it for that. Cause I know she like yeah. put it in this tree, but I didn't realize how it set its sights on him and how it. Yeah, no, I, I, I was just kind of like, Oh, this is happening really fast. I'm sure if I watched it <laughs> and like my problem was I didn't understand the spatial relations sort of thing where I felt mm-hmm. like they did. I was like, wait, where did she put the helmet and where did she put it? So, but it was cool. And I was like, oh, my God, there's like 12 minutes left. Like, what's going to happen? But there's like 10 minutes of credits. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, and I skipped through the credits to make sure there wasn't like an additional scene. And I forgot to. But did you watch the hier- hieroglyphics? Yeah. Those were cool. Yeah. And I did were... love at the end when she comes back with the head and they're like, essentially like, you're the warrior now or whatever they do. But then she like looks at that like little girl and she's like, 
this could be you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like, that this was... is, I love female empowerment. I love it. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, I was paying attention though, like really hard towards the end. Cause a lot of the, the prior sequels always end with a like, but there's more predators out there. Like sort of, you know, the vibe that it's just one small piece of a larger story or a larger, uh, uh, history. Uh, but I didn't notice anything in this saying, you know, but he's planning sequels. If they, if they let him, he did say he's developed some more ideas. So, uh, I hope it's like this. I want to just see him plugged into different eras. Oh, so cool. It would be so fun to like Victorian, like yeah. something like that just sounds so awesome. Victorian. I was thinking uh, some prime examples would be you could throw it into the Vietnam War and you could have kind of like they did with Kong Skull Island. You could do uh -huh. that but with a predator set in the Vietnam era. Uh, you could do um, a cool one would be feudal Japan and have samurais versus the predator. Oh yeah. That would be cool. You know, there's so many, you could drop them into like, you know, Genghis Khan, the Mongolian empire, Roman empire. You could go all over the place. There's so many, just pick an era of history somewhere in the world, throw a predator in. I bet you could make it work. Yeah. It's just, I found it so, so good. The only way it could have been better, although I do love, Dan Trachtenberg and I love 10 Cloverfield Lane, which he also breathes some new life into. Like, yeah. he's like, guess what? I'm going to do a sequel, but it's going to have my own stamp on it, which is the way that fucking do it, batch. Yeah. And I would argue it's the best Cloverfield movie. Oh, yeah. I, I would 100% agree with that. But I guess the only other thing I would say is it would have been great had it been directed by a female presenting person. I would have been yeah. even more like, fuck yeah, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I would like, I think a cool idea would be Dan Trachtenberg stays on as like producer uh, and that helps get this. Acosta. Yeah, exactly. And brings in like <laughs> just other directors like to do their own takes. I think that would be a cool like anthology franchise. And I know I mentioned it before, but oh my God, the guy who plays the Predator, Dane DiLiegro, is so fucking hot. So check him out because he is a dreamboat. Former uh, former basketball player. Well, that makes sense. That tracks. Especially, especially being 6'9". Oh, my God. I didn't even look at how tall he was. That's yeah. insane. Holy crap. Six foot nine. Yeah, I mean, that that's what you need. The Predators are all, they always get these gigantic actors to play them to, you know, bring home that imposing feeling, so... And I did love what they did with the title because I, I loved it in the beginning when you saw the title. It was really mm -hmm. cool. But also just the way they did the font so that even if you didn't know that it was a Predator movie, if you saw like the cover, you'd be like, it's a Predator movie. Yeah, it's the same font as Predator. So. <laughs> and yeah, I just, yeah, I I highly recommend it. I thought it was fucking great. I was, yeah, I, I really, I, the only thing it, could another way it could have been better is if it, I would have been able to see it in the theater with you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That would have been better. Hell yeah. So yeah, kick ass all the way. All right. Well, well let's, let's do it. Let's get to those ratings. All right. So out of five uh, laser guided death darts, <laughs> how many do you give it? I'm going to give it four and a half death darts. <gasps> oh my God, me too. <laughs> Yay. We have a... Scare of approval. 
scare of approval highly ve- rated highly rated scare of approval i would say yes and we're just like on the same page constantly we need to I fucking know. shake this up because <laughs> that's not always the case it's not like oh my god we gotta copy each other but it just i mean i i wonder if over time our views have sort of like bled like we've sort of morphed yeah. into one person we've just kind of <laughs> bled into each other too much and so now we uh are are our aesthetic is becoming similar. Yes, yes. But I'll take it. Yeah, this is fucking Yeah, this great. was great, people. Watch this if you can. Yes, check it out. And sorry this episode's a little late. We had to watch it and talk about it. So I'm going to like do some very light editing right now. And I'm going to push this out into the world, okay? Yeah, get it out there. Oh, my God. And I have to say a quick su- surprise to me analytically. Mm. How we've talked about analytics like when we do a a new movie that's in theaters and how we seem to get a lot of those are like our highest downloaded episodes or most downloaded nope was not that way isn't that weird wow as big of a hit as nope was i wonder if it's just the oversaturation and i wonder if it's when episodes when there's movies or things that aren't as huge although scream was who knows you never can say scream was huge but i feel like yeah maybe just because scream the fan base was Maybe. there so there's Maybe. enough people that were searching for extra scream content and nope is just kind of people don't know but no matter Maybe. what we're grateful for our fans you are mighty our little maniacs are fabulous you're, and your you're papa awesome. maniacs are proud of you <laughs> papa maniacs i like that better than big maniacs <laughs> yep papa maniacs we're very proud of you little maniacs <laughs> And if you want to write us, we'd love to hear from you. Scaring us, sharing at gmail.com or like Tess and Teacher Drew did this week. You can slide into our DMs on Instagram. All one word, scaring us, sharing. We'll get it. We'll get it. All right. All right. Well, until next time. Evil dies tonight. uh, Yeah, guys. And remember, if it bleeds, we can kill it. That's right. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. That's right. Bye. Scaring is sharing. 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 This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Scary.